You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe the week is over already? I I have no idea where it went. In fact, I am still haven't grasped the fact that we're in October. I'm having a bit of trouble with that myself. I was actually looking at uh, a dashboard the other day, some uh, statistical things for what we do around here. I was looking at that and I'm like, God, why are these numbers so dismal? And I was like, oh, the, the month rolled over. It's just, you know, it's calculating like the first two or three days of the month because it's, you know, the, the delay and the, you know, like when the ratings yeah, yeah. and stuff come out. I'm looking at it and I'm like, what in the world? Like, did, did we... Did we run over someone's dog or something on accident? I mean, what what happened? And then I realized the month rolled over. So it happens every month. But anyway, how are you doing today? Yeah, healthy, alive. Uh, just kind of a, I don't know. Today is a very, uh, for lack of a better word, somber day. But it, it it's more of like the calm before the storm kind of a day. It's kind of, um, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I guess veterans would understand this, that you're, you're in transit to an operation and that wait that lull waiting before things kick off it's the worst part about war that's waiting yeah yeah and that that's kind of what it feels like today Uh, today is like a it's something something is about to break and i know it i I can feel it and it's just like it's kind of nagging at you you know i was talking to somebody a couple of days ago and they said something about uh, well boy it's a good thing we're not actually in a war and i'm like what world are you living in we're in a war. Whether you want to be or not, we're in one. The battlefield has changed. We are in a new era. You don't go out and, and shoot people in the streets anymore and, and drag people out of their homes forcibly. You don't have to really do that anymore. That's why they're not doing it. Yes, in some cases, you saw that last year with COVID. Yeah, okay. Yeah, granted. It's coming. Granted. Yeah, it's, it's coming. But I mean, that that's that's where they that's where they are ultimately going to go. But that's not where they are now, because right now there's not a need for it, at least not in the uh, not in the uh, the short term. But we're in a war. The war at, at this stage where we are, the war is not fought with bullets and blood. Not yet. It's not kinetic. That's what makes this one so unique. The way that information travels now, it makes it a different war. We're in this every day. We're on the battlefield every day in the marketplace of ideas. That's where the war is right now. It's a war over which idea is going to control the future. That's what it's about. Technically, technically, you don't even have to put people in re-education camps anymore, do you? Technically. Now think about that. Think about that. They don't have to drag you off and put you in a re-education camp. Your phone is a re-education camp. They can do it in real time. The media is a re-education camp. They can do it in real time. And the phone with the media is a re-education camp. Again, they can do it in real time. If you don't believe that, go out into the street, walk up and down the street, and see how many people you see wearing masks outdoors alone. So the battlefield has changed. We're not dealing with the same type of... Well, actually, socially, we're dealing with the same thing. But mentally, we're we're not. We have a, a population of people now that, quite frankly, they're just looking for some way to make this stop. Well, there is a way to make it stop, but... Well, the conversation we were having the other day, people really don't have the stomach for what needs to be done. So how much are you going to take today? Yeah, go I'll ahead. expand on what you're saying. So it's not, you, you don't even need a gulag anymore either to be taken out of society. Um, if you're uh, a personality, for example, uh, you'll just be barred from Twitter, Facebook, the social medias, uh, the platforms that you may make money on or advertise on. You can't share your ideas there. If you have a conflicting idea, well, you, you can't share it on Facebook, Twitter, any of those locations, unless it's the prescribed idea. You have a different idea. Uh, you know, you don't want to be vaccinated, for example. They're starting to crack down on people and start saying, uh, well, I mean, Biden said it himself. I'm running out of patience. Um, patience is wearing thin. You know, there was yeah. somebody else just on, a, on just on that comment right there. There was somebody else in history, a very very prominent figure in history in the last hundred years that said exactly that. Uh, it was na- his name was uh, his name was Goebbels. Said something very similar to that. It says our patience is wearing thin. So you, you're going to start taking away people's livelihoods 
you're going to start taking away people's uh, ability to sustain themselves. That in previous days, you know, before the, the, the modern era, before we industrialized, um, that was war. You would fight over that kind of a scenario. Yeah. You know, it all comes it down. down. Yeah, it all comes down to um, what people really want to do, doesn't it? They say that they're giving you a choice when really they're not. They're making you choose between your livelihood and Russian roulette. Really, that's that's your choice. Yet you still have a choice. I wouldn't call that a choice at all. I would call that coercion. You can't actually do that. And on, and on top of that, you can't actually do this any of these mandates, whatever they want to call them, they can't do these mandates for something that is not approved. They can't do that. They're just doing. It. And the pushback I got today was, oh, well, the Pfizer one's approved. No, it's not. They got fancy with some words. That's all they did. The Pfizer one was not approved. What they did approve was not even an actual vaccine. They approved an application for a new vaccine. It wasn't even an actual vaccine. And on top of that, it's not even a vaccine. Once it gets to that point, it's not even something that will be released in the United States. You won't even have access to that. How is that approval? It's not. The other issue you're running into is, well, if people leave, okay, uh, you can sue them. All right, fine. You know, you sue somebody for wrongful termination. I know people that have won wrongful termination cases. They made a lot of money uh, in those cases. And, and they were in the right. That happens. You get fired for unjust means or, or whatever. You can sue the employer for wrongful termination. Fine. That's what we have the legal system for. And it's lovely when it works in your favor. But the problem is, is that people don't have the opportunity right now to be able to sue for wrongful termination because we don't have time. The wheels of justice turn very slowly. Court cases of this magnitude that we're dealing with now, there's more involved than just a single case. A single case of wrongful termination makes perfect sense. A court system would be able to handle that. Yes, it would still take time, but you would get a settlement sooner rather than later. What we're running into now is the scope of this has expanded so massively that now these have become class action lawsuits across many, many sectors of employment. And class action lawsuits, I don't, have, I don't think I have to tell anybody, class action lawsuits take years. We don't have years. We don't have that kind of time. And, and then when they do finally get to the class action lawsuit, the, the people that were harmed in that, you're going to end up getting like $7, $10. And when it's everything's mm -hmm. said and done, like yep. you don't even get the, the, what you lost. So legal options is quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, are, are off the table. Uh, that's, that's not going to work. You can sue somebody and quite frankly, I mean, it's an easy to win case. You can sue somebody individually for uh, wrongful termination and you'll probably win. Uh, you'll probably win. But uh, how many people are going to do that? I don't know. I know people right now that are not. Uh, they're going to, yeah, Bruce is shaking his head. He already knows what I'm going to say. They're, uh, they're going to cave uh, and they're going to go uh, and uh, have it done. I think that's insane. But um, what do you do? That is the question. What do you do? I've made the argument before. You can get another job, but you cannot get another life. What is it worth to you if you have lifelong medical problems or or worse than that? What if you're in the age range where I mean, hell, we're seeing more and more cases now where people are just dying in their sleep. 30s, people in their 30s with no underlying conditions dying in their sleep or they'll be walking along, just fall over dead. What is it worth to you? The DOD says that all of their employees and contractors will have to be vaccinated by November 22nd. Again, they're now pushing towards, now that they've hit the mark here for the first week of October, now they are pushing for the end of November. Why? All the countries are doing the same thing again. Again, they're all aiming for the same time. American Airlines has said today that any employee that does not have full vaccination status by November 24th will be fired effective immediately. Do you know, there is a doctor right now, uh, there is a doctor who is over 4,000 of our pilots in the U.S. military, 4,000 of them. She works for the DOD and she has publicly stated those that have had the COVID vaccine should all be grounded immediately immediately. They should not be allowed to fly. What do you think is going to happen now? now? There's a reason she's saying that. There's a reason she's saying that. We know that the vaccines are related to blood clots, right? That we know. We know that that's that been a big problem. And that's what's killing a lot of people, blood clots. Okay, fine. So that we've established. Can you imagine what's going to happen when you have an airliner, a passenger liner of, I don't know, 400 people, and the pilot has a blood clot at 36,000 feet? Can you imagine what's going to happen here? I don't think I have to tell people where this is going to go. Well, I mean, to be fair, there's also the co-pilot um, that uh, can yeah, there's take over. always yeah, there's always co-pilot there. But I, I'm I'm just saying, you're putting undue stress in a situation where there doesn't need to be any. You know, yeah. you're you're causing that situation. I um uh, I I guess I'm just I'm looking at I'm looking at the full court press here. 
That's that's what I'm seeing. And they're not they're not finished by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a full court press. Why? Why now? The the only thing I can surmise, and Bruce and I were kind of tossing this around before we started here, when we were planning and everything else tonight, and we were prepping and, and all the rest of it. I said, is it because we are now at the point now, we're at the juncture now where we're gonna head back down into the cold and flu season, the normal cold and flu season. We know what happens when people come in contact with another coronatype virus. We know what happens. I'm just referencing the studies on the animal trials. That's what I'm referencing. And I think they're rapidly approaching the point now. See, they're they're doing these mandates because there's no more convincing people. That time is long past. They're not convincing people anymore. As Mayor de Blasio said, look, we tried to be nice. We tried to be nice. We tried to offer you things, burgers and fries and and shots and beers and Krispy Kreme donuts and and everything else. We tried to be nice. It's now time for mandates. Uh Uh-huh. See, I think those numbers came up way, way short. I think they came up way short. They got all the fools out there. They got the good-minded people that were scared enough to go out and do it. But I think they came up way short in all of it. New York expands COVID-19 vaccine passport program. Do you know what's going to happen right now? Right now, you've got the restaurant business and the uh, entertainment business and all the rest of it, places that require it in New York. Their business is down 60% right now. Right now, their business is down 60%. What do you do? You never admit fault. You always double down. New York is expanding their COVID-19 vaccine passport program. They're going further with it. Oh, your business is down 60%. That's okay. We're going to have more of it. Uh Uh-huh. New York's digital pass allows people to download an app to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. Yeah, see, the test is okay for now. But remember, the CDC is pulling that test at the end of the year. It will no longer be an option. By the way, uh, Moderna... Moderna tweeted, I want to say a couple of days ago, Moderna tweeted, hang on just a second, let me get it. Uh, just on, while I'm pulling this up, just on a side note, Fauci's official documentary from uh, Nat Geo launched today. The people that went to uh, YouTube to watch the trailer on the official Nat Geo channel, 7,300 likes, 76,000 dislikes, just saying. Guys yeah, as popular they, as ever. They, they didn't, uh, it, that released in theaters, by the way. Oh, it did. And uh, yeah. It didn't even make the top 50 and um, the the lowest number that's listed there or or because the, they don't list all the earnings on the top 50. The lowest uh, earnings that was listed was one hundred and eighty six dollars. Uh huh. Wow. That's that's pretty terrible. Well, he was, yeah. uh, you know, he, he was the uh, he was the savior in that movie. It's not very often you get to be your own mm. savior. Yeah, it's not very often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moderna tweeted the following on October 3rd. Respiratory viruses are a leading cause of many hospitalizations and deaths. True. That is true. That, that, uh, that's, that's no argument right there. That is true. We believe that Moderna, by the way, Moderna, who has never brought in their existence, has never brought a working product to market. Just saying. Never brought a working product to market. We believe Moderna could be the first market with a COVID flu respiratory syncytial virus booster vaccine. A single vaccine to cover multiple viruses. What could possibly go wrong with this? Bruce, you're going to be, you're nodding your head. You're going to be the first to line up to get that, aren't you? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, the first to get it. Um, no, I'll be the first to tell them where to shove it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Marine is looking more and more promising at this point, isn't he? Yeah. All right. Uh, so New York, right? What did I say? Yeah, I want to leave with New York. New York is expanding its COVID-19 pass program. That's right. They're going to allow residents who... Uh, see, they're going to allow, right? The, the city of New York, they're going to allow. Mm-hmm. Mayor de Blasio is so nice. He's going to allow it. He's also pushing... He's back on that defund the police campaign because the police oh. are corrupt. Mm-hmm. The, the police are so corrupt. Um, and by the way, uh, the, the, uh, the FBI went in and raided the chief of police's uh, headquarters uh, just a couple of days ago because I because of the corruption you see they, under under mayor de blasio's uh, request they they went in there yeah because I mean if you can't trust the police then who can you trust right uh, on Tuesday Governor Kathy Hochul uh, whatever by the way um, prior to Governor Cuomo being uh, flushed down the uh, the political toilet and and shoved out of office prior to that, the Cuomo people approached uh, Kathy Hochul and said, uh, you are not going to be on the ticket for the next run. So we're going to have to drop you. Uh-huh. So my guess would be is that uh, when the, when the uh, Cuomo entourage did that, she probably pulled out something 
and said that she was going to turn over, I don't know, maybe something with the nursing home deaths and implicate everybody in the cabinet or, or something, something. That would have been my guess. Uh, she was, whatever it was, she made some kind of a power play right there. That's that's all I'm saying. That's what it seems like to me. Anyway, uh, she announced that New York's uh, New York State's Excelsior, uh, Excelsior Pass scanner app, which by the way, the Excelsior Pass, that's developed by a company called uh, IBM. I don't think I have to tell anybody who's been listening to us for quite some time. The, uh, shall we say, checkered past of IBM. And quite frankly, one of the top board members from IBM just happened to be a, a mother of a uh, very prominent guy who endorses and promotes vaccines. I just, yeah, just saying. I'm sure it's just coincidence. That, that's all. I'm sure it's just coincidence. This app will allow businesses to verify a person's COVID-19 vaccination and has been updated to enable the validation of smart health cards from out-of-staters. So you're going to get smart health cards now. Yeah. That's that universal uh-huh. health card they've been after for for many, many, many years. Yeah. Uh, Hochul said that the changes are based on federal and state COVID-19 guidance and will help more New York businesses stay afloat with the winter months approaching. Uh, no, that's the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's going to put more yep. businesses out of business is what that's going to do. Los Angeles ram through COVID passports for I, I saw the list of things. Man, that is that is 110 uh, percent just god awful. That's what they're doing over here in the mainland of Europe. You can't do anything. You literally can't do anything without COVID passports. The businesses that are already suffering in Los Angeles, they're going to suffer even more now. You watch. You watch with all this. You got the, you got the, the restaurants that have reopened in New York are already down 60% and they're going to get more draconian with it. What do you think that's going to do to the businesses? Oh, it's going to help them flourish during the winter. Huh. No. No. I'm quoting here. New York was hit hard by COVID-19. And we have led bold efforts to pursue innovative solutions to reinvigorate economies. Really? Uh, does that include getting the hell out of the way? That's the best economic boost that you could possibly give. Shut your mouth and step aside. That would be the best solution right now for, for all involved here. New York wasn't New York wasn't heavily, hit heavily by COVID-19. New York was hit heavily by government regulation. The, the, the whole problem going on in New York is government. It's not the, it's not the virus. It's the, the response to it. Uh-huh. Bruce, what is, what is it you always say? Government's bad, okay? Yeah, yeah. She went on to say in her statement, we're expanding this solution. Solution. You hear this? Solution. We're expanding this solution mm-hmm. even further with a set of standards that can be used and validated by all businesses for free nationwide based on shared policies and commitments. New Yorkers trust. Yeah, you see that? New Yorkers. Yeah, it's it. New Yorkers trust that. Yeah, they, they trust that. You go out there in the streets of New York and ask the average person what they think of Mayor de Blasio. When they're walking down the streets, they're not chanting, go de Blasio. They're chanting, uh, I think, what is it? Let's go, Brandon. I think that's what they're they're chanting in New York now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh-huh. The move will allow New York businesses participating in the uh, participating in the Excelsior Pass program. Uh, participate? Wait, you mean they actually have a choice? Because I don't think they do. They're holding the businesses hostage the way they're holding everybody else hostage with their jobs. You you, you do technically have a choice on whether or not you're going to follow these uh, regulations. You can either tell the government to go shove it. Or you can bow to the, the the great leader. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Now, see, they're making a comparison here. They're saying that uh, the vaccine verification app works similar to a mobile airline boarding pass. See, it's as simple as as boarding an airplane. That's all it is. It's it's that simple. It's like boarding an airplane. That's how boarding passes come to you now, by the way. Uh, at least that's, that's what it was. Uh, you download the little app from the airline. They send you your boarding pass after you check in. And it's a little QR code. And you scan that as you're getting onto the airplane. Believe me, I've done it. That's how it is. Uh, technically, every time I would go in, I would just, just to do it, I would walk up to the counter and I would say, uh, here's my boarding pass. Can you reprint that for me? Just to have an actual paper copy. Uh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. Now the luggage ticket, uh, you would that that's now on a uh, that's now on a thing. You can't you don't have an option for that. Uh, but the luggage ticket you have to you have to take it. But anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, they say the system was developed in collaboration with Vaccine Credential Initiative. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, let's look at. Okay, uh, a coalition of more than 800 public and private organizations, including the Mayo Clinic and Microsoft. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the passport program that they were running in Los Angeles, we actually looked into that. It was being run by Microsoft, and they just happened to have all of that infrastructure already there. And we found out that for everybody to have one pass per day, and you had to have these every day, for everybody to have one pass per day, you'd have to cut down, what was it, like 6,000 trees a day 
in order to have all the paper to print the passes? Yeah, yeah, because you would need it for like schools and businesses and everything. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah. How's that for saving the environment? Yeah. How's that for your yeah. green energy movement? Cutting down 6,000 trees. What the hell's wrong with you people? We're excited about New York's collaboration and leadership in developing an easy to use tool for validating proof of vaccination as we enter into the fall and anticipate an increase in indoor activity. Not with vaccine passports, you're not. You know, I heard somebody talking today and maybe we can maybe we can kind of segue here. I, I, I heard somebody talking today that. Well, I don't I don't know if it was really this, it was a doctor that was saying this. I don't know if they're a medical doctor or, or what. I, all I caught was the title doctor. You know, sometimes you catch something mid conversation. And yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know I was listening yeah. to it. So it's, I, I didn't catch it. It was a live show. And the person was saying that the argument they were making was due to the increase in the number of vaccinated people we're actually seeing that are falling ill and going to hospitals, they kind of seem to be the ones that need to be wearing masks. And the reason they were making that, uh, the reason they were making that uh, statement was that followed along with the original guidance of the World Health Organization. If you are not sick, if you're not symptomatic, then you don't need to wear any kind of a medical mask because you're not sick. Your viral load in your system is not high enough to where you will be emitting any kind of symptoms. But now... Unless you've been vac vaccinated. Exactly. Ex unless you've been vaccinated. Now the <clears throat> asymptomatic spread actually exists. But it exists in people that have taken the jab and have altered their system. So what do you do with that? What, what do you do with that? Because here's what... Uh, let me tell you what's going to happen. Now you have people that are going to be allowed to go to these places because they've done what they're told. They get their little reward from the government. Yeah. They're going to be allowed to go to places such as indoor activities and gyms. And uh, quite frankly, if you're taking a vaccine, why do you need access to a gym? You obviously don't have enough wherewithal to manage your own health. So why do you need access to a gym? See, everything's backwards, but that's a side issue, different discussion. But as these indoor activities increase, going to theaters and all the rest of it, now this is going to be spread amongst all of the vaccinated people. And they're going to be going into a hospital system that's been hit with massive unemployment because the medical workers are smart enough not to take it or they've already had it and they don't need it. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to look really stupid. I'm talking about the establishment. They're going to look really, really stupid when all the people that they can no longer hide. You notice they're not that they're not actually saying anything about all the masses of vaccinated people that are getting sick. They're not saying anything about that. Every time that's brought up, it's always a deflection in the mainstream media. Like if Fauci, Fauci was called out on it by the CNBC host point blank and he deflected, he, he deflected immediately. He didn't even bother to entertain any kind of an answer as to why that would be happening. They're not going to be able to hide it anymore when you hit the cold and flu season. Everybody that's vaccinated is now going to be bouncing it off in between themselves and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is a doctor from Orange County, Florida, addressing the Board of County Commissioners in their public meeting. Take a listen to this. Speaker is Dr. Kevin Stillwagon. Dr. Stillwagon, if you'll state your name and address for the record, you have three minutes, sir. Thank you. My name is Dr. Kevin Stillwagon. My address is 205 Dolphin Point, Clearwater Beach, Florida. I am a property owner and a taxpayer in Orange County. You are making some really bad decisions based on fear of a virus that has about a 99% survival rate for most of us. That is unsubstantiated fear. So let me give you a couple of things to truly be fearful about. That mask that you keep insisting that people wear decreases the amount of oxygen in your lung tissue. We now know that this virus uses something called a furin cleavage site to merge with your lung tissue to infect you. And it works better with decreased oxygen. And peer-reviewed research clearly shows that wearing a mask increases your chances of developing an upper respiratory infection 13 times more than a person not wearing a mask. So I would stop wearing a mask immediately if I were you. Secondly, this shot that you insist on people getting gives you absolutely no protection against infection. It is the innate immune system that protects you from infection by using dendritic cells, T 
T-cells and natural killer cells without antibodies ever becoming involved. This shot has one goal, and that goal is to make antibodies. These antibodies circulate inside of you and cannot prevent an infection. They can only react to something that has already gotten inside of you. They cannot keep something out. The shot decreases the ability of your innate immune system to keep viruses out by 60%, and a booster shot will reduce it even more. Even worse, the antibodies that are created by this shot can no longer neutralize variants and actually enhance the virus' ability to infect you. It should be painfully obvious to you by now that fully vaccinated people are getting sick. And this will continue to get worse if you keep trying to jab people while a virus is trying to spread. The variants are emerging from the vaccinated population. This so-called vaccine is still being administered on what's called an emergency use authorization. It is not FDA approved. The FDA approved a biological licensing application for a product called Comirnaty. The application was approved, not the product. Comirnaty is not available in the United States. Therefore, by law, you cannot force people to take this drug without informed consent and without animal trials to prove that it is safe. Mayor Demings, please look at me. You, sir, are in violation of the United States Constitution and the Nuremberg Code. You will be held accountable. Good day. Now, that's not me saying that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. That's a real doctor saying that. Is he wrong? Is he an anti-vaxxer? Is he a right-wing kook and a conspiracy theorist? They would say that. What are your thoughts on the good doctor there? Um, no surprise to any of what are you saying. We've pretty much been saying the same or similar uh, to much of it. Um, we've, we've talked about the Nuremberg Code bit, um, violation of the Constitution. Yes and no. Uh, actually, the Constitution, if, if you were to institute it on the federal level and try to mandate it, it would be unconstitutional. But for you to do it at the state level, that's different. But you do have to go through the proper procedures to get the approval and all that kind of stuff. So, eh, I... A local, you know, like a city mandating it, technically that's within the state's power or, or the the powers not given to the, the federal government, you know, and the powers that the, the state has. Yeah, but, yeah, but then, at the same time. Then they're stopped by the Nuremberg Code, which is international law that all countries agreed to, chief among which was the United States. They're stopped by right. that because you're literally, you can't force a medical procedure on somebody without informed consent, but it's not even... A procedure that would be that's it's not even I don't want to say the word ethical, but we're long past ethics at this point, aren't we? With this thing, no, I mean it's not ethical at all. It's not to to, to force this on people. Uh, the the thing is, is all the all the in the past, all the other quote unquote mandates that we had on vaccinations, there was no mandate. It was like a buyback, if you will, in a sense. Uh, I believe the smallpox. It was essentially. Um, you got the the vaccination and if there was somebody you knew or you know like a family member or something that had been infected you you go and burn all the clothes and everything that you know the possession basically all the material that they they had and the government reimbursed you for both the vaccination and the burning of the the clothing that's a little bit different than ma a mandate i don't know if you want to do, do you want to go down this road do, do you want to go down the, your uh, your theory your tinfoil hat theory Oh, go down the road of uh, that. This was yeah, tinfoil hat mode. Um, this is interesting. This is interesting because I it, he was he was starting to explain this earlier, and I had I had literally I was gonna ask him if that's the way he was gonna go with it, but he just kept on with it, and it makes so sense. basically it, oh. it it makes no. I was I was just gonna tee it up by saying what you're proposing. It, it makes perfect sense, and I've been hearing people throw that around over the last week or so. Anyway. And it makes it makes sense because they've cut everything else out, right? All therapeutics are off the table. We'll get to therapeutics here in just, here in just a second, but go go ahead and make your uh, make your point because this this is this is interesting because that to me at this point that seems to be more likely than than what we're dealing with, uh, especially from the aspect of like all this cloak and dagger and and not telling people what's going on because we know they're hiding something, we know they're lying to people, and this justifies at least from this standpoint, this justifies why that 
is actually happening, why we're being told these lies. But go ahead. So it, it kind of spawns from a bunch of different things, uh, this idea. It, it comes from the fact that the head of the NIH just stepped down. Um, it comes from the fact that all the data we've been seeing that this was all engineered and this was uh, intentional. Just on that note, we can't also forget that two of the FDA's top directors in the area of vaccines also resigned. That wasn't really talked about, but they also resigned three weeks ago. Right. And um, also that these vaccines are not federally approved. They're not FDA approved. These are all done on emergency authorization. These are new uh, vaccines, mRNA. Uh, comes out that all of this research that was going on in China with the uh, coronavirus, S1 spike proteins, yada yada yada, so on and so forth. All the funding. Well, it came. All the, yeah, all the funding. Yeah. Google um, and all the rest of it involved. And, it just came yeah. out. It just came out recently, uh, within the last week or so, that uh, well, China was actually having problems with the uh, with coronavirus back in May of 2019, and maybe even earlier. And they were covering it up. Was this all the purchases that we saw of the PCR tests? Is, is that what that was yeah. about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, they may have had... And the other thing is, is why why the purchase of the... P, like, you, you have to know what you're looking for for a PCR test. Like, you have to know specifically what you're, you're trying to target. Because it's trying to target a certain sequence of DNA. But... Or, in this case, RNA. But anyway, all of that in mind. What if this this entire pandemic all came from trying to produce a vaccine? The vaccine itself is the virus. So let's say you're making an mRNA vaccine, the, the first one we've ever done. Now, we've had this in the past where you the, the vaccines were leaky, meaning uh, it didn't provide you immunity. What it did is uh, effectively what this one's doing. You could take on virus and it would like curb the symptoms. It would reduce. It was almost like a therapeutic in a sense, but you would still get virus and you could still shed the virus and get other people sick around you. That would cause uh, uh, mutations and all kinds of stuff. And it, it would progressively get worse. You would have to immunize against the new strain that was created and so on and so forth. Well, what if they were trying to legitimately create a vaccine with a new technology and they were trying to legitimately do a good thing? OK, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt there. And they were trying to do the good thing and create a new vaccine that they could easily change for each new virus that may pop up, you know, or another SARS or MERS or, or Ebola or something like that, right? They, they, a new procedure. Okay. But so when they vaccinated... Hold on, hold on just a second. Mm -hmm. Hold on just a second. To be clear, the process, this is laid out by Dr. Francis Boyle, the guy who wrote the Biological Weapons Convention, okay? So I, I'm quoting the process that's in his book, Biowarfare and Terrorism. You can get it for $10 on Amazon. Please go pick it up. It's 100 pages. It's not long. The process he lays out is... In order for this to work, it, and it follows along with exactly what you're saying, in order for this to work, you first have to create the virus. As far as, like, let's say, for example, this was a biological weapon, okay? Which that seems to be the floating thing. It's been the floating thing. You first have to create the virus. Then you have to reverse engineer that virus to develop a vaccine. You're saying that that's possibly what they were doing is they were at that stage, they were trying to reverse engineer it and they came up with the, they, the something with the vaccine went wrong? No, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, is they had no malicious intent at all. I, I'm uh -huh. giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying they were not trying to make a weapon. They were taking a virus that already existed and they were trying to make a vaccine against the virus that already existed. They got it I from see. a bat or something. I see, okay. And so they were using this to try to... Uh, using like the S1 spike proteins to try to inject it into the virus to to basically kill the virus. Or I, I'm just being, you know, uh, I'm giving them the, the, the benefit of the doubt. What if that's what their goal was? And instead, what they did is they created a leaky virus so that when it, in the testing, what ended up happening is it, it was causing the virus, it was providing a medium for the virus to grow. And then it ended up spreading to other people and then it broke out. Because the, the thing about it is, so this is the leaky vaccine. When you get the vaccine, this is the leaky vaccine thing. Okay. When you get it, when you get the vaccine, you can hold like something like eleven times more virus before you start start showing symptoms. I mean, it's immense amount of virus compared to someone that would show symptoms um, that's not vaccinated. So, with that in mind, that means that you're shedding and you're asymptomatic. So, what if it was just something as simple as that? 
they they got the vaccine and they started shedding and it created a virus, what we know as SARS-CoV-2. I mean, what if it was something like that that happened? It would make sense. Being, they would cover up, right? You, you yeah. would try to work your best to try to cover it up and try to protect the people at the same time. And you just happen to be a leader in one of the uh, organizations that gave the funding to it. You would, when the information was about to come out that, you know, the dealings that you did and it was going to be made public, uh, you would just happen to resign and disappear. So this would, this would explain that this would explain why there's only a select number of pharma companies that are involved in this. So yeah, Pfizer, you've got Moderna, you've got uh, J&J, and you've got uh, AstraZeneca. That would explain that. Merck, Merck in, in January came out and said, January, I think it was January, it was, yeah, January this year. They came out and said, we're not going to do any vaccines with this. I mean, they, they tried. They, they tried to do this. And they said, um, no, sorry. Now, if Merck, okay, Merck is like the, the, that's like the king of big pharma, right? I mean, that's, that's like the biggest one of them all. If they are saying that they're not going to pursue the vaccine for it, they're going to focus on therapeutics, which they've done, by the way. They not only developed uh, ivermectin, which we'll get into that here in a second. They not only developed that, they're now working on a, a, a two-a-day uh, pill, which is strangely similar to ivermectin. By the way, they're going to charge the U.S. government 40 times more to purchase it than what it costs to actually make it. Oh, do you love how they do that? Yeah, you could do that with a, Yeah, 70, $17 a pill. They're going to charge 40 times that amount for each one. Yeah. 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 Speculation right now is something about for a complete regiment of the uh, medication, it would be roughly six to $700 for mm -hmm. you, the consumer. Well, that's about what so. you called, wasn't it? That's really about what you called. Yeah. You said, yeah, it could be something that would be pennies, like ivermectin, which they also had a hand in developing for humans, or it's going to cost you six, $700, kind of like remdesivir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make a correction from remdesivir. I said that it caused kidney failure in the hospitals. I was incorrect. It was renal failure is what it caused in the hospitals. Uh, and by the way, you can only get remdesivir in the hospitals. You can't get it anywhere else. Fauci approved it knowing people were going to go into the hospitals. And when they got there, then they could charge an exorbitant amount of money to the hospitals and the insurance companies. And they knew that it was going to cause more harm to people once it was given to you in the hospital. That's who we're dealing with. Okay. That, that's who we're dealing with. Back to the original point here. That makes perfect sense. That's why you have four companies that are involved. These four companies, and you notice that they're all, they're all in a massive panic over this thing. Uh, they just keep, they're just like the governments. They keep doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. I think that the doubling down by the governments, I bet you if you start looking at the campaign finance reports of a lot of these so-called elected officials, and I say so-called because I will stand by what I've said before as far as election audits, I don't think a lot of them are even supposed to be there. When you start looking at voting machines, that again is another conversation for another day. There's Arizona hearings going on right at the moment in the Senate for uh, the election audit. But anyway, that's, yeah, we'll play some of that tomorrow uh, on the exclusive. But if you start looking at the campaign finance reports for a lot of these politicians, I'll bet you'll find that they're taking campaign finances from some of these very same pharma companies. So it's in their best interest to do what the campaign financiers tell them to do. That's how you buy a senator. You know, you can buy a senator for $250,000. Yeah. That's, you know, that's amazing. Um, the, other, the other thing I just want to point out is I was being gracious and getting giving them the benefit of the doubt. Really, what I think was going on uh, in this whole scenario is they were trying to make a new vaccine that they could exploit and use to price gouge, basically. Just continue making cheaply made vaccines easy to to change and just start pumping out new vaccines and okay. getting people to buy them. Okay. 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 Yeah, that, that makes sense because we know that the flu shot numbers have been down for the last maybe 10 years, right? Because people are starting to get wise to the fact you don't need a flu shot. You actually don't need that. So that would make perfect sense. As a matter of fact, they were pushing the flu shot so much, not in foreign countries. I haven't seen advertisements for flu shots over here. Uh, that That's ridiculous. You go in the US, you can get the flu shot at a gas station in the US. It's ridiculous. It, it's crazy. Yeah, fill your tank up. You use your uh, use your customer loyalty card. Oh, by the way, you want a flu shot while you're here? For what? They actually had so many doses of Tamiflu left over from the year prior that the insurance companies would actually finance hysteria on the television to get people to go out and take it each year. So the numbers of the flu vaccine were down. That, okay, so circle that in, or excuse me, circle back to, to Polo Gensaki, circle back to what Moderna just tweeted a few days ago. 
oh, we're working on a COVID vaccine, a flu vaccine, and a respiratory syncytial virus vaccine all in one, a one-stop shop. Yeah, it's a one-stop shop. Now, again, here's a company who in its entire existence hasn't brought a single successful product to market. They're now going to provide you with the Holy Grail. Uh-huh, the Holy Grail. Why do we need the supposed Holy Grail when clearly the Holy Grail doesn't work? As you just heard the astute doctor saying that we played in the clip when he was giving the speech to the, uh, to the county commissioners. The Holy Grail doesn't work. The problem you're running into is the vaccinated people are now the ones that are getting sick which is exactly what the research paper showed, again, which he referenced, the peer-reviewed papers. All of the data shows, and all of the data did show, that this was going to happen. Down in Australia, when you have an MP stand up and try and talk sense in their parliament, they get shut down by some pencil-necked little weasel from the federal government who was down there in that province or whatever it was, tried to shut him down. This is MP Craig Kelly, in Australia, who's actually, we've played clips of him here before, he's actually trying to talk sense. The man's trying to talk sense. For a politician, he's trying to talk sense. He's asking the question about ivermectin. Why can't we ask the question about ivermectin? Why can it not be used? Oh, it's being given into the refugees being brought in. They get ivermectin, they get sent on their way. No, they don't have to take vaccines. So why do we? MP Craig Kelly from Australia. I said internationally renowned. He was a physician with four... Order. You've got to be kidding. Point of order. Uh, Seriously, you're serious? Order. Deputy Speaker, it is uh, essential to the dignity of the House that we debate the matters before us. Uh, the second reading amendment is narrow in its focus on Look at this guy. Uh, the in industry aspects of the pandemic. Uh, it doesn't uh, allow the member to speak about ivermectin, a uh, drug which the Therapeutic Goods Administration has asked uh, Australians not to use uh, and suggested Why? that it be not, not be imported for the purposes of dealing with COVID. Why? A question such as these are clearly outside the uh, issues of, uh, that are before the House. Uh, the member has many other opportunities to raise questions um, such as this. He might make me. a 90-second statement. Order, he might order. speak in the... Uh, I, I think the appropriate action is to, is to uh, request that the member be, uh, be relevant. Thank you, uh, Deputy Speaker. Just on the relevance rule, let's be very clear what this amendment says condemns the coalition government for its continued failure to back Australian industry and innovation and to deal with the challenges arising from the pandemic. That is exactly what I am speaking about. You come into this chamber and want to silence debate on one of the most important issues ever facing our country? Shame on you down there at the desk, member for Fenner or wherever you're from. It is absolutely crystal clear that what I am debating is directly relevant to this bill. And how dare you stand up and try and silence debate in the House because of some ideological view that you may have. I am directly talking about the government's continued failure to back Australian industry and innovation. And I am talking about an Australian innovation that we have let slip through our fingers. That's what I have been talking about. What is that directly 100% relevant to this order. Point of order. Again, here's a man who is trying to talk sense. He's trying to talk about logic and reason and common sense. He's trying to talk about science and data and evidence. And he's shot down by some pencil neck sitting up there saying, oh, no, it's um, it's not allowed to talk about uh, ivermectin. It's not allowed to uh, offer ivermectin as a uh, as a treatment for COVID. And the Australian people are not allowed to import it uh, from anywhere to treat uh, COVID. They have to take the vaccines. What? What? What kind? Of, and you can't even debate it. You you can't even you can't even question that. What what in the hell kind of systems are are we running here? What kind of people are are we dealing with here that are clearly not giving any any part of a damn about our freedoms? About what are th these people? These people, whether you're in the United States, that that goes without saying. Whether you're in the United States or in these foreign countries. I don't care if you're in if you're in France, I don't care if you're in in Germany and Australia, where, where the hell ever. All of these people swear an oath to the country's constitutions. So help me God. They spit all over that oath. They disgrace themselves and everyone that they represent. They're they're a disgrace in the days of General Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. That gentleman that stood up 
and tried to shut down that MP would have been dragged out of the parliament. And he had been tossed out in the street for not even allowing any kind of debate. You can't debate something? Sir, I hold you in contempt. If I were the, the, the deputy speaker, I'm not familiar, too familiar with how their parliament system works down there. Shame on me for not knowing. But I understand the basics of how the parliamentary system works. And that comes from going into different countries where they actually have it. The, the democratic systems they have, if you want to call them that. They don't seem to be working too well in the modern era. But if I were any kind of deputy speaker, I would hold that person there in contempt for not allowing any such debate. You have to have debate. You have to have dialogue. You have to have science. Not scientism, science. You have to have data to back up your claims. You can't just espouse this stuff. If that's the case, then we're, we're headed down the road to the fourth right. We might as well just throw it all to the wind. It wasn't science that the Nazi doctors and scientists, those, those whack jobs, it wasn't science when they said the Uber mentioned, the, the master race. That was garbage. That was nonsense. That was scientism. We're in the same realm with this. This this uh, this mass vaccination that's uh, supposedly going to be the be all end all. And and that's uh, that's how we're going to beat it. And we can do it. And this and that. When, in fact, they're actually making the problem monumentally worse. And they're going to lead us down a path where we're going to be in a real world of trouble, not from an economic standpoint. That is bad enough in and of itself, not from a social standpoint. Again, that's bad enough in and of itself. We're going to be in a real biological conundrum. Because the people that you know that are out there getting jabbed over and over and over again, they are going to be so infectious, you can't get anywhere near them. Oh, and they're supposedly going to be the ones that are safe. Yeah, uh, and, and, and as far as Australia is concerned, they don't have the same kind of protections we do uh, with the Constitution and everything. They did. Well, they gave it up. Sort of. In the night. When I, when I say protections, I mean firearms. That's That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. That's your they hedge. They don't have the same kind of... That, that's your hedge like, against uh, an authoritarian government. That, that's your hedge. I yeah. guarantee you, the Australian people, and I know we've got listeners all across Australia, I guarantee you that if people hadn't given up their guns, if you guys were still armed down there, you'd be dealing with it, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as what it is now. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure because it seems like... Uh, the elite are going broke, going for broke. Like they're they're just that's going true. all in. Yeah, that that's true. Okay, all right. I I I maybe I have to correct myself there because Switzerland. I, I have to I have to reverse that. Yeah, because because the Swiss they're doing that to the Swiss. <laughs> uh, it's nice knowing you. They'll dispatch you before the Americans even get to you. Yeah. So because of that and how things, I I I don't know. I it just. They don't have the same kind of like First Amendment rights. Uh, they, they kind of do, sort of, but it's not. It's not to the same degree. It's not to the same depth. I always thought though the uh, and I and I could be wrong. You know, I, I haven't been down there. I was planning on going there, but I haven't been down there. But I know a lot of people that have, and and I've talked to a lot of people that are Australian citizens. And quite frankly, I mean, I I up until this point, I thought that Australia was a decently. I mean, as far as uh, freedoms and stuff go, I thought they were a pretty free and open country for the most part. It started, my understanding is it started going downhill six to 10 years ago. Well, probably a little bit longer than 10 years ago. They started having people from China that had wealth, party members, those uh-huh. types that go in uh-huh. and started buying up properties and all that kind of stuff. And it started that that's where it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. They, and then the, you had buying the off premier, politicians and yeah, you had people like the premier of Victoria, Dan Andrews, going to Beijing and having lavish dinners and being enhanced yeah. by the CCP. You know, uh-huh. you saw that story yeah. was a was a one off and done. Right. Yeah. That story. Oh, uh, yeah. There was this uh, big revelation that uh, the premier of Victoria uh, had secret public works dealings with uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, that got squashed in 24 hours, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. So am I surprised that they had some member that looked like he was um, part of the Third Reich, to be fair? Uh, he looked like, I mean, he did look like what they portray in movies um, as far as he, the, he really the right did, yeah. look. Yeah, not um, not Craig Kelly, not the guy that was actually making the, the point, but right. the it was guy the, was the guy at the desk. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised that that happened. I'm not surprised that they tried to shut him down. He he's been pretty outspoken, so uh, yeah, no surprise. Okay, let's um, let's spend the last few minutes here on uh, on the Facebook whistleblower, shall we? <laughs> yeah, so, whistleblower. Yeah, yeah the whistleblower. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's credible. Yeah, she she's credible. If you didn't think 
that this was legitimate before. Wait till you hear this, right? If you didn't think that she was legit. Okay, so she goes on 60 Minutes. Let, let's just do a, a real quick review. She goes on 60 Minutes and she does the uh, the whole whistleblower tell all blah, blah, blah. Okay, right, fine. The next day, Facebook systems crash, right? Nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what happened. The mainstream media really didn't even talk about it much. Oh, yeah, uh, Facebook's having some trouble. Moving right along. That's about all they gave as far as any kind of coverage on it. Well, they didn't talk about it. Then the next day, she's sitting in front of the Senate. She's sitting in front of the Senate talking about how uh, Facebook is dangerous to our democracy. And then Facebook comes out, Zuckerberg and company come out and say, we really need to be regulated here. We, we need the regulation. We need the government not only to regulate us, we need them to take over all of the internet and regulate everything. All right, Bruce, yeah, and you want to jump in there? Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll add something more about the whistleblower. She was being represented by attorneys that were representing people uh, involving the, the Trump impeachment, you know, the, the Steele dossier yeah. and some of yeah, the, oh, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that same attorney group. Uh-huh. And she was also involved behind the scenes with a... Uh, with a PR firm that represented Jen Psaki in the past. Uh, just saying, right? So she's it, heavily donated to left wing uh, uh, yeah. uh, ideas and, and political uh-huh. figures. Act Blue, you know, those those organizations. Act Blue, that's she's, BLM. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the BLM yeah. laundry, laundering mm-hmm. operation. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So if you weren't convinced of any of that, if you weren't convinced that, that that was all staged, and by the way, when she was talking to the Senate, you could tell right there that was staged. You could the way that she was, I mean, it was almost like she had been coached the whole way through it. She was very well-spoken. She did not miss a beat on anything. I think maybe she had one one hiccup, but you could only catch that if you were paying really close attention. But if you didn't yeah, believe that. The, she's been, the, the two previous jobs she had before Facebook have both said she's a left-wing liberal nut job. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it was well known that she's okay. a left-wing nut job before this. Uh, uh-huh. So all the stuff that she's... Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. You're fine. So if you didn't think that this is all staged up to this point, take a listen to this. Francis, I think her name's Hagen. I think that's how you pronounce it. Francis Hagen says that she's going to talk to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riots as early as today. That's according to oh, okay. That's according to CNN, citing three other sources. The committee wants to know from the former Facebook employee how the platform was used to organize and encourage violence. Representative Adam Schiff appeared to signal on Monday that Hagen would be speaking with the House committee after he tweeted the following. According to the Facebook whistleblower, shutting down the civic integrity team and turning off election misinformation tools contributed to the January 6th insurrection. So let me let me get this straight. Let, let me get this straight. Not only is she involved with all of these organizations behind the scenes, and not only is she on 60 Minutes, then sitting in front of the House committee the next day, now she's going to meet with the January 6th committee, which is a sham in, in and of itself? Come on. How desperate are these people? This is this is oh my god! This is laughable. Like this is this is laughable. You're gonna put this hack up there for what purpose? What like what purpose is that going to serve? Leftist agenda. If you control the but internet, you control freedom of speech. You control the populace. You can control the narrative of the populace. Here's the, here's one of the things about the the internet world, right? Here's uh-huh. one of the things about it. You have an anonymity on there. So you can be an anti-government, small government type uh, capitalist that goes on there, hides your identity, and essentially you can go on many different platforms to create content, uh, to create content that people use and you can get paid for it. And nobody knows what your political ideas are. You can make products, you can do all sorts of things to make an income that they don't control. Now, let's say that you have uh, some regulatory action that happens and, well, we're, you're going to have to have a digital ID and it's going to have to be tied to you, your, your, your person and your, uh, your banking account and all of that. You, you no longer have your anonymity. If you don't get a vaccine, well, sorry, you can't use this platform to sell your product. In other words, they gain more control over you. You, you can't subvert the government anymore. But, and I get what you're saying, but who... At, at this point, at, at this point, other than their their echo chamber followers that are out there getting jabbed, 
who follows them? Who believes them? Those of us that are critical thinkers, okay, I'll just I'll just put it this way. Those of us that can actually think for ourselves, not not necessarily, you know, the, the higher educated, you know, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that can legitimately think for themselves. I mean, you and I haven't been on social media at all. So we're not in that that world. We're, we're not in it. I'm not in the, the Google world anymore. I don't have a Google phone. I'm not in it anymore. If somebody asks me for a vaccine passport, I'm going to say, what in the hell are you talking about? I don't have one of those. I don't even have the option to get one. So where does that put like you're talking about all these these steps that they're going to take. OK, fine. But quite frankly, I think we're almost talking about a minority here, because if you go by the numbers, Facebook, by their own statistics, by what was it like 2025, they're going to have more dead people on their platform than actual living ones. Their numbers are already declining anyway. Their numbers were declining after the 2016 election, the first time Donald Trump got elected. Their, their numbers were declining then. They're really declining now. All they have are the, uh, the the echo chambers of whatever, and especially now with all the censorship. I mean, that goes without saying with, with the COVID thing. Google today, right? Google's doing this, right? Google just announced today, about an hour ago, they say that Google and YouTube will prohibit, hear me, prohibit climate crisis deniers from being able to monetize their content on their platforms from now on. Facebook is at this moment, they are said to be looking at making an announcement later on this afternoon on the same topic, uh, saying that questioning the climate crisis will be prohibited on U.S. social media platforms in general. So I would assume that that would go for Twitter as well. We knew that that was going to come. We were saying a while back, how long is it going to be before they start censoring climate information? How, how long is it going to be? So my question in all of this, the... Um, uh kind of the same this kind of applies to covid as well you, you know you know how back in the day pharmaceutical companies were the big bad guy and you know they're they're so evil and corrupt the, the left were yeah back in the day yeah like oh for the uh, left know, yeah yeah for like, the left yeah like, sure yeah, yeah. yeah. they were the bad big bad guy and yeah. the corporations corporations are evil mm-hmm. they're, they're they're corrupt and bad so why exactly are we trusting uh, corporate the, the, these big corporates, uh, bad guys now to, to give us these vaccines and they're going to all save our lives? And, and why are we trusting all these corporations with our freedom of speech and every why? Why at that Senate hearing did no one talk about removing Section 230 from from these corporations? Why did nobody talk about removing their protected status? Instead, they went straight for we have to regulate them. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. This was all a setup. This is all a setup to take away your freedoms and, and uh, quite frankly, your ability to make a living. They're going after. They want. I. I they want everything. I legitimately think this. This. This government wants a China 2.0. I think that's what they're they're going headlong into. It's no longer about America. The the American ingenuity. The the American spirit can can drive forward and push forward with innovation and creating things. Now it's a, we have to compete with China. So the only way to compete with China is to be China and beat them at their own game. The, uh, excuse me? That, that, that was never, like, we, we, were, we, were, we went into World War II as not a superpower. We were nobodies on the block. And then we came in and the manufacturing might that we showed the world that we could do, we became a superpower almost overnight. And, and now look at it. Uh, it, it's, it leaves me it leaves me speechless, gobsmacked that the American people are just <sighs> complicit. OK, um, hell, embedding this kind of nonsense. I'll tell you what, I'll let you have that last word. It's always me having the last word. You can have it today. You want to top it off with some uh, with some nice icing of your usual uh, your usual saying? I, I cannot. This this is I, I know we do it as kind of a memeing, but government is bad. Just, it's bad. The sad thing is, is we're not, we're not anti-government. You know, we're not one of these these crazy uh, right wing. Uh, what? Not even right. Hell, I, I hate that left right stuff. We're not one of these crazy anarchist type of 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 people. We're classical liberals. Leave us alone. <laughs> Leave us alone. Yes, we believe in very small, limited local government of for and by the people. Period. End of story. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. You're pushing me to be anti-government, though, if we keep this up. Like, if we keep going down this road, I'm just going to be like, screw all of you. No government at all. 
and corporations run everything. You don't like it, don't support that corporation, buy a different product. You don't like it, make a different company to compete with them. That, that's kind of, I don't know, I'm just kind of like, let's go back to the wild, uh, wild West. I mean, yeah, the Wild West wasn't even really the Wild West, though, was it? I mean, it kind of was, but it wasn't like you see it portrayed in Hollywood. It, it wasn't like no, that. it was. It, it wasn't. No, it uh, there was an element of whoever had the biggest gun ruled. Yeah, but it, it at the same time, it, everybody helped each other, and it mm. was it was a libertarian mindset in the sense of classic liberal. Yeah. Just yeah. we just want to be left alone. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. You know, GP had it right. 1500s, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> 1500s. Anyway. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week for our Telegram subscribers. You'll get it on Monday if you're not subscribed to us on Telegram. Bruce and I will be on that tomorrow. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you can pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today and this week. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.